Welcome into the Snapped Podcast, my personal audio journal. My name is Tyler Kluber. I'm a personal trainer and podcaster, but it gets a little bit deeper than that. And this show is going to give you an inside look on my thoughts concerning health and fitness, business, mindset, and creating the life that you feel lucky to live. I hope you enjoy the show. Sit back, relax, and let's have a day. Welcome in, welcome in. The show Snapped Podcast. The best podcast you're gonna listen to all week. Probably not. Uh probably never been the case. I don't know what this is still. I'm not yeah, I look at this weekly as a box to check, which is probably not the best way to look at it. I definitely enjoy getting into having a conversation, a creative conversation where I can come across on this microphone however I want. Today is, oh, there's the yawn. I can yawn on the microphone whenever I want. Um, but today is slightly scripted, 10% scripted. Not like I'm going to be reading you know, written lines, but um, I have a somewhat of an outline because sort of just the nature of the content and the idea I have for this week, but sometimes I can go full off the cusp. Sometimes I don't even have to talk about a topic. I can just talk about myself. That's what happens when you have your own podcast. But I don't really have a goal like that i don't know i don't have as much intention with this podcast as i think i'd like but because this isn't like a serious thing i don't feel the need to force that intention either there's several things this podcast could be but I'm not going to take it anywhere that I don't feel compelled to take it. And so for now, it's a weekly, hey, let's hop on the mic and let's talk about something that's relevant from the last week in the health fitness world, whether it be my own personal pursuits or a topic from a podcast I've listened to, which happens to be sort of what today is about or beyond that. And even at some point, I really would like to get guests on this show, but I think I want it to be more polished before we get there. Quick update. Welcome in, by the way. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you guys really so much for joining this every week, and it kills me in a good way. Um, it kills me when... I have people who reach out or DM me or say something in passing that's topical from this show, which gets, you know, I think we've got, we've grown a little bit. So congrats to us. But I think we are somewhere between 100 and 150 listeners on this thing. And that means a lot and it makes me feel good about doing it. 
and I just want to occasionally provide, I want to ramble for 60 to 70% of the time, probably more, most of the time. And then I want to give nuggets of advice and help. And I think that's what we do. Quick update on my own training. Um, <laughs> last week, I thought I absolutely tore. I think I quickly mentioned this in the, uh, in last week's podcast as well. I thought I tore my hamstring off the bone, simply getting off the bike. I think it was more of a grab. I think it was more of a cramp that was also twisted and I was moving my leg in such a way that it all kind of combined to feel like the world was ending and it ended up not being as bad as I thought it could have been or it felt. So that's good. Uh, I've basically, other than Monday, Tuesday, last week, I did it Monday morning. So nine days ago, other than Monday, Tuesday, last week, which I was still able to do some zone two bike training. So I got an, an hour plus of zone two, both of those days last week. Um, my training has been full on. I've been able to hit everything. Uh, full squats, full deadlifts, heavy. I hit an 85% squat earlier this week uh, and felt good. So, um, you know, we're fe- the body feels good. The knee, the lingering knee issue that I've been talking about um, ever so often for the last three months now that kind of showed up right in the middle of February. Um, it's not gone. It's not gone. I took the BPC. BPC-157 peptide, that didn't do much for it. I was taking that peptide with the thought process that I actually didn't believe it was torn. Um, And so I didn't think that it was going to do a whole lot for it other than maybe like, hey, let's maybe the peptide will just help sort of shore up any little micro tears or whatever and just make it overall healthier. It's not going to hurt probably. Assuming that the actual compound I got wasn't from like Tijuana or something. Uh, It didn't really seem to do a whole lot, which is, eh, whatever. It was definitely one of the expected outcomes, one of the plausible outcomes of that self-experiment. Self-admittedly, I have not been stretching and doing the correct, the, uh, necessary volume of the correct physical therapy-esque exercises for my knee to completely heal when combined with me still training full bore two plus hours a day. So that's completely my fault. Um, Honestly, bullshit that I haven't done that because if I would just do it for, gosh, I would even think a week straight of an hour a day and I know that sounds like a lot, like an hour. Most people can't even spare an hour a day to get their workout in, let alone spend an hour a day worth of stretching and PT exercises and body work and rolling out and stuff like that to take care of an issue. That's probably what it's going to take. I need to do that for at least 10 to 14 days. And then I would suspect that my knee would actually start to open up and feel better and maybe get back to 100%. For now, I have not put in that time. So the knee, the knee issue lingers. And what that results in is basically me having good and bad days. Um, 
there's a couple factors that are malleable in reaching a good or a bad day. Seems that when I do a little bit of walking um, and certain things in my warm up, uh, I can mitigate the, the pain and kind of work myself into a good day where I don't have to put much effort into it. It's like, okay, I can squat. Knee feels good. We're good. Other days, seems like eh, I can't really do much to make it feel any better. And even non-squatting movements kind of hurt it. So it's kind of hit or miss right now. And I just need to pick it the fuck up and do my PT stretching stuff. So give you an update on that in a week. Hopefully I'm on track. Uh, but otherwise training's going really well. Um, the knee in general is getting slightly better, you know, maybe fractions of percentage points better. At some point we will go into a full on, uh, you know, we talked about me following misfit athletics, competitive programming a couple weeks ago, we will go into our own strength cycling, um, progressions here soon when I feel that the knee is in a place to do that. So it's kind of where we're at, um, you know, killing zone two on the Peloton again, that's a, you know, maybe that's next week's, uh, because I've mentioned it two weeks in a row that that needs to be its own episode. Um, the Peloton has been amazing. I've already seen pretty crazy results in a month, a little over a month. And, um, zone two stuff is really kind of mind boggling. So that's where I'm at today on the pod. We're going to talk about an idea that can be summed up in the uh, phrase, don't step over dollars to pick up pennies. Don't find yourself stepping over dollars to pick up the pennies. To set the stage here, I know on this podcast specifically, we talk a lot about, this is, might even contradict some of this stuff. It won't contradict, but it will sort of outline and organize the process. We talk a lot about what that phrase refers to as pennies on this podcast. The nitty gritty, the details small stuff right but the overall and this comes from um gosh i mean i listen really where this generates itself from is lane norton who's a really good follow in the strength conditioning world health world on instagram and you know plenty of podcasts that he's done etc etc was just on for a part two They did a part one back last summer that lasted two and a half, three hours. And then they just did another three hours. He was on Peter Atia's The Drive. And Peter Atia has come up on the Snap podcast before as I spent a whole episode breaking down Peter Atia's three levers of uh, of nutrition. Three levers of caloric restriction, really. And... Peter Atia is a guy who, 
no joke, yesterday he put up a video of him talking about getting a colonoscopy. And when I listened to him, and that's to be excited about that is weird, right? But Peter Atia is such an interesting guy. He speaks in such a way that I am interested and enthralled in the content that he produces. He's so entertaining. He's fun to listen to. Like the content that he puts out, both um, on his Instagram and his podcast, The Drive, I eat it up. I can't get enough of it. So, I mean, I'll listen to guests that he has on his show that talk about some real intense, nuanced, scientific, medical shit. And I don't understand half of it, but because he speaks so well and you can tell he's so passionate about the topics that he's speaking on, I'm just still entertained and I love learning from him. So you add Lane Norton who's into strength conditioning and is a bodybuilding coach and a nutrition coach. And, you know, he's accredited plenty times over as well. And you put them together for a three hour podcast. In fact, the second three hour podcast that they've done in the last year, you listen to those two together. For me, that's like kid in a candy store, six hours worth of golden content. And there's, I mean, probably 50 topics over the course of those six hours that I could turn into my own podcast. But the one today was don't step on the dollars to pick up the pennies. In that podcast, the second part two, um, they talk a lot about all of these things. These are straight from the show notes of Peter's website, Um, defining energy balance and the role of calories defining a calorie and whether they're all created equal, how much energy you can extract from the food that you eat, factors that influence your total energy expenditure, right? Which we've gone over. We did a whole podcast on that where we broke down what goes into your metabolism. The challenge of tracking energy expenditure accurately and tracking the thermic effect of eating food. Um, the challenges of which, which, again, they get into how absolutely almost impossible it is, even in a lab setting, to perfectly track how much calories you're burning or how many calories you're eating. Right? We're talking about pennies here, the very minute details of something very simple. They talk about the challenges of sustained weight loss, metabolic adaptation, weight loss strategies, commonalities in people who maintain weight loss. They talk keto, the basic metabolic benefits of exercise and muscle mass and protein, the impact of lean muscle and strength on lifespan and health span. They get into the nitty gritty of a couple... um, uh, story problem examples of a, a theoretical client and what they would do specifically for that theater, theoretical client, given their background, their history, their goals, etc. They finish with talking about maximizing hypertrophy training, lifting weights, the right routines, supplements, and more. It is extensive. 
a lot of detail, a lot of nuance. But one of the things that rang true was, and I think it's a contributing factor to the overall problem of why people struggle to sustain routine in health and fitness and nutrition is when you get so hyper-focused on the pennies, right? On, and let me quickly step over on my outline here to kind of give you an example. So oftentimes don't step over dollars to chase pennies or pick up pennies is used in finance. One of the biggest mistakes people, this is straight from a themoneyadvantage.com article. One of the biggest mistakes people make in saving money is stepping over dollars to chase pennies. This happens anytime you put so much time and energy into cost-cutting tactics to save a few cents that you ignore the greater opportunities to make dollars and more money. The reason this is so attractive is that it takes less mental energy to remove something than it does to add. Now, that is a novel sort of concept that I think applies to fitness and nutrition as well. Read it again. This, the reason this is so attractive is that it takes less mental energy to remove something than it does to add. Now, this specifically is sort of is relevant to money. But I think it is relevant in fitness as well. They're talking about how when you're saving money, it's easier to just cut a few of the small things than specifically spend effort to save big things. I think in fitness and nutrition, this plays a role in it's so easy to worry about the details, counting calories, counting macros, the perfect foods, the perfect exercises. Should I work out three days a week, four days a week? five days a week? Should half of them be cardio, half of them be lifting? One day of cardio, should I alternate weeks? What sort of, what sort of split should I run? Upper body, lower body, push, pull, full body? Should I do CrossFit? Should I do kettlebells? Should I do hit classes? Should I do yoga, Zumba? Is running better than rowing? Is this protein better than that protein? Those are pennies. Right? Those are the details. And there's so many. And oftentimes they boil down to a this or that decision. That makes it really easy for us to focus on them. Because they are so simple. Right? On my, on my cardio day, do I do running or rowing? Okay, I'm going to run. I can make that decision. I'm going to focus on that decision. I'm putting mental energy into that decision. Where most people fail is they haven't established a core set disciplined routine plan for the basic broader general things like can i show up to the gym for eight weeks in a row two days a week right can i show up to the gym two days a week for eight weeks in a row can I simply wake up and be present when I go to eat breakfast and put together a lunch and plan a dinner? 
can I be health focused at all? Just the main things. Can I drink water? Can I get a little more sleep? The broad stuff. And people skip right over those things and worry about what fucking, how many fucking scoops of uh, pre-workout they need. <laughs> For your efforts to result in the freedom you crave, you must stay in the, right, in the right mindset of abundance, creation, innovation, and production. For your efforts to result in the freedom you crave, you must stay in the right mindset of abundance, creation, innovation, and production. Again, slightly more skewed to the financial world, but how do they structure that sentence? You have to stay in the right mindset. Mindset, that's a dollar. You taking NO Explode or C4 pre-workout, that's a penny. And it's interesting because it brings me back to sort of how I naturally coach my clients. Yeah, we talk about protein and macros and how many total calories they're eating. We track their calories, right? How close are we? Eh, probably not super accurate. We might be precise day to day. We might get a good view of, oh, you know, you have a standard deviation of how wrong off you are to the magical number of how much you're actually burning or how much you're actually eating, right? But at least we can compare yesterday, you think you track 2,400 to today, you think you track 2,200, right? And that helps. But a lot of the stuff that we focus on is the dollars when I'm talking to a client. How do we establish a routine? How do we establish a mindset of overall health? What's our general approach? What are the big goals and reasons why we're doing this? What's the most simplistic routine starting from day one, week one, that we can evolve for sure, but that will remain over the standard line of sustainability so that throughout, as we continue to evolve and maybe add here and there, it never feels like too much. And overload, right? Mental energy overload or simple um, schedule intervention overload, meaning I just, I've added too many things into my day, is never the reason why you get out of a routine. What is our mental toughness like when we attack workouts, when we think of workouts in general as a whole, right? And then from those main things, we get a little bit deeper and the branches start to get a little bit more thin and the dollars turn into pennies. But you have to create the big things first. Thought it was a really interesting, um, not epiphany, but realization from that, from that podcast.
take from that what you will. I think it's something really good to think about. Now, of course, once you feel like, okay, I've got the big stuff, you know, I'm working on my sleep, I'm working on my hydration. I've got a fitness routine that I have stuck with that I've proved is legit and I can stick to it. And I'm, you know, I've, I'm thinking about the foods that I put on my plate. Once you've got the general stuff, okay, good. Now let's start counting if they're nickels or dimes or pennies. Let's start figuring out some of the specifics, but trying to figure out if a six hour intermittent fasting window is better than an eight hour intermittent fasting window. The return on investment there of trying to figure out that dilemma is already foregone. Doesn't matter if you haven't already dialed in. Are you sleeping a bunch? Are you eating under a certain amount of calories? Are you going to the gym? Very, very basic things. Take care of it big to small. And you'll get the most return on your investment, the most bang for your buck. Another great thing that I took away, and maybe this will be after the Peloton episode, which who knows if I remember to do that next week. Another great thing I took away was at some point they were talking about RPE, how you should uh, train for adding muscle, retaining muscle, this, that, the other thing. And he was talking about his own personal uh Lane was talking about his own personal lifting, talked about how one time he did a a set of 21 squats at 405. It's like the most intense squats that he's ever done. And he was so beat down by the end of the squat set. And I've been close to this, but not quite there. He was so beat down by the end of the squat set that he couldn't even rack the bar Once he did, he was on the ground for 10 minutes trying to catch his breath and just be physically okay and present again. And then for another half hour after that, he was, he could barely do anything. He couldn't walk. He barely move. Uh, And in a conversation with his coach after that session, after that workout, his coach gave him the quote, remember, adaptation is never comfortable. And I fucking love that. Adaptation is never comfortable. Growth, getting better, seeing results, progress. Shit is never easy. It usually doesn't feel good. And it's not something that a lot of the the work to get the progress, the success is usually stuff that isn't enjoyable And doesn't leave us in a great state acutely. Right? We're beating down our bodies. We're beating down our, you know, our mental health or whatever it is to grind out work, to grind out a workout. You have to put in work to see the fruit. We'll talk about adaptation 
and uncomfortability at another time. But I hope you have a, a fantastic week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Peace.